Kick his ass, Seabass. That's what we're going to be saying this week. Monday's first Game 1 ALDS starter was announced. Game 1 and 2. Uh, Chris Bassett is on the mound for the Oakland A's against Lance McCullers. Um, and Shamanaya will be taking the mound on Tuesday in Game 2. Um, so that's where we're going to start with the with the uh, Astros Revenge Tour podcast episode. You, you know, I know just... was with me as always. What's up? How's it going, everybody? I'm Chris uh, Madrigal. What's I, up? I just realized why you love Chris Bassett so much, and it's because his name is also Chris. You said that like two podcasts ago. I'm going to keep saying it. And if we had a football <laughs> podcast, I'd talk about how much I love Julio Jones. Because Julio Jones is dope. But his name is also... Julio, but that's right. Julio! We're, first of all, if you had, didn't get a chance to listen to our excitement, holy crap, we advanced podcast. It just came out a day or two ago, so it was pretty short notice of a thing. If you had to have a chance to listen to that, be sure to check it out. Um, it's yeah. more of just us riffing about excitement about the series and all that. And, and also, it's just a, it's a yeah. recap, too. It's kind yeah. of breaking it down and like how the team played and whatnot. Absolutely. And also, uh, just a plug, we haven't done this in a minute. Uh, if you are not actually subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or YouTube, please do so already. Make sure to tell all your friends. And if you are on Twitter, make sure you follow our Twitter account, the Town Tailgate, or at the Town Tailgate on Twitter. Uh, we'll be getting more social media stuff as the time progresses, but in the middle of uh, a lot of personal stuff going on, and in terms of Chris moving and work just being nonstop for the both of us. When things settle down, we'll we'll put some more time into it. But until then, yeah, here we are. And also, um, for those of you who are more visual learners, um, our uh, YouTube channel um, for the podcast is now video. So we put up video episodes so you can see us in person, what we look like. As you can see right now, my background, if you've seen past episodes, used to be very done up, but it's very blank because I move out of this house in a couple days. Um but yeah, if you like to, if you want to see what we look like, and you like to watch visual podcasts, and uh, check out our YouTube channel. It's usually up um, around the same time as it is on our podcast platform. Sometimes my life gets a little busy, and I don't have time to edit it in time. But it gets up there eventually. Don't worry. And if you keep so, an eye out on the YouTube, you might see a couple spooky time decorations in the corner. That too, and also Julio's cats always make an appearance, which is fun. Yeah, shout to the homies, PGBR. Yeah. What to do? So, uh, how do you feel about the announcement of the Game 1 starter, Chris Bassett, Julio? Hell yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Like you already said, kick his ass. I, I, would be, I would be surprised if it was anybody else, to be honest with you. Yeah, because it's, it's, you're kind of playing, when it comes to just putting in your Game 1 starter, you're playing your cards to line them up for if we make it to a Game 5 kind of thing that yeah. you know, the bullets are loaded, you're going to throw them out there. Even though this season is going to be really weird when it comes to divisional series because it's five days in a row they're playing and there's no days off between um, the first two games and then games four and five. Yeah. So there's so in reality, if we go to game five and he's pitching, he's going on four days rest, mm-hmm. which is going to be a trip. Uh, but he's he deserved it. We we've already clamored so much to him. He was excellent when he pitched game two and really saved our season with that and he 1000 percent deserve it not too much to really add to it we know how great he is we know he he shows up in big moments like he did uh there's not much i can really add to it just because i'm this is the most logical pick really 
It's also good like to rest the bullpen, especially one that was extremely used and worked this past series. Um, so it gives him like an extra couple days rest, assuming that he comes out dealing game one. We know that he can eat up innings. We know that he can um, really go deep into games, and uh, I think that's going to be huge, and especially to set the tone. And like, why? Like, I again, I named him my MVP of the season. Like, why wouldn't you? I get like Lazardo has been pitching well and there's a lot more potential with him, but like, why not go with Seabass game one um, just to set the tone early? And hopefully you go, you go in with a win and you have confidence and your, your other young starters have confidence uh, taking them out the rest of the way. I'm, I was a little surprised to see Lance McCullers was starting game one. Cause I feel like did, uh, Granky must've had enough days off too, in order to start game one if he wanted to. Right. Yeah. Cause he pitched game one last week, which is last Tuesday. So did six yeah. days rest. Um, that I, who knows? That's gonna be a tricky one. He also got lit up last time he played the A's, uh, that last series. So, who knows what the reason behind that? Lance McCullers has been injured majority of the season. So, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting move to put the ball in his hands to start off the series. And then Valdez is going <laughs> game two for them too, though. Like I don't know. I mean, maybe they just game deci- or uh, series deciding game in game three potentially they want to make sure they have the right guy out there that's probably what i can all the only thing it's, i can think of especially when you know he he had his even though he won the cy young in kansas city arguably his best season the season that's probably going to put him in the hall of fame was that 2015 dodgers team where uh playing kershaw was the mvp winner but cranky finished second he had like a sub two yard throughout the season so he knows how to pitch in that stadium that's the one I'd say the one advantage that that team will probably have in any game is knowing how to pitch in Dodger Stadium with him on the mound. Yeah, totally. Um, who do you think you who do you think gets the ball for us game three though? That, that's kind of something I was really like interested in hearing what you thought because I didn't really look at too many of the numbers and stuff like that. It's yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting situation, more so because with Manaya going two. Uh, do you really want to go back-to-back games with the lefty starter on the mound? Yeah. That's kind of a – I don't think it makes too much of a difference. And if – and Lazardo's actually pitched pretty great. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he's pitched pretty great against the Astros this year or just actually throughout his whole career because if you remember, his first start or his first time coming in last season as a rookie was against the Astros, and he pitched great out of the pen for against them. That could be like the home run pick just to get it over with. Uh, I don't know if I want to go lefty lefty like you said though. I think I'd yeah. rather go lefty righty lefty or righty lefty righty and then put fires out there. Fires on Montas. Montas on a on. He's, by that point, yeah. he'd be a weak rest. He pitched great out of the pen. He pitched great against or for game three. Uh, I kind of like him as the emergency like out of the bullpen long innings guy though. You know. Or who knows? He could be a a game four start. And then Mike Miner could come in in the third or fourth inning or something it's like true. that. Yeah, there's there's that's the one advantage that I could say this team has easily over the Astros and probably on par with like the Rays and and I can't think of any other teams that would could do this. Where like you can you know you can get like three four innings out of Montas and then throw in minor for another two or three and then just ride your yeah your petite bat. for a, a two or three two if you need him really um 
Yeah, I mean, that's a huge luxury for us, um, especially going into, you know, I, obviously Bob Melvin's probably going to wait till game two because you really need to know what the scenario is before before you decide who pitches that, like, really, like, dis- series-deciding game. Uh, either way you put it, whether it's split 1-1 or, or up 2-0 or down 2-0, that's always a really important game, and you have to know, you have to pick the right guy to go, go in and start that game. Um, out of the offense, I, dude... If I see Matt Olson hitting fourth or hitting fifth, or actually, that's fine. He can hit fifth. But if I see him batting cleanup in this coming series, I'm going to fucking lose it again. Dude, like, I don't know if I'd even trust him We cannot afford. I, I, I don't want him to hit fifth, but I feel like Bob Melvin's going to hit him fifth like he did in game three. Yeah, no, I would much rather have Murphy up there at the top. But he cannot be hitting fourth. He just can't be. Canna has been doing really good in that cleanup spot. I want him to be there. Yeah. And I would love to have Sean Murphy hitting right after him. And um, even, well, the thing about Canna is like, he's not your, well, what he brings is he's not like a prototypical four hitter where he's, he's not going to hit like, even though he's hit bombs in the past I and mean, he had a pretty good home run total last season, he's only productive at the plate. Like he's probably yeah. the most productive hitter that we have top to bottom because he constantly works counts. He gets on base. I mean, he, he doesn't have to be the hero and, and, swing for the fences every at bat like a certain first baseman that we really love that we shouldn't be naming dropping on right now <laughs> um but it's a great call and it shows like when on game three those two runs that kind of when we took the lead against the white Sox were productive at bats where you marcana was being patient and worked the count and was able to get a walk matt olson i can't mm-hmm. believe he was the person that got the walk but still you got to be patient and wait for what you're going to do yeah. Uh, um. So like, it, it, but the part is like, where would you put Olson if you're gonna drop him further? Put him at six. Yeah, I put him at six. Yeah. So I I would go Listella one. Uh, I really like Marcus too. He was he was doing really well at that spot last week. Um, and then uh, I would go. I don't know. I would like to go Piscotti three, but I don't know. I I he hasn't been as trustworthy lately. And he has he didn't get too much playing time last week either maybe that yeah. injury was still not 100 percent there even though bowmel had that same confidence in pinder yeah so it makes you think like yeah maybe there's something else going on who yeah knows? maybe maybe pinder or lamb at three depending on who you start and, and then i'd love to see canna then murphy honestly murphy should be hitting third now that i think about it because he's been he's been really like stepping up to the play every single time that he, there's been a runner on and he's been productive so maybe he's the guy to, to hit there. Murphy's been so good to the point where, because we know he's probably not, he's not going to catch every game this week. That's just, that's just not a smart idea. That's just too much wear and tear. Yeah. wear and tear. But dude, he's hitting to the point where like. Also, we can expect that he won't, he won't be in the lineup with Manaya on the mound because Manaya has been pitching better with Jonah Heim yeah, catching him. Yeah, that's true. So, but then you can, you could ha- have, uh, you can hit, um. Sean Murphy at the DH spot, though, so you still get his at-bat production. Yep, that, that was exactly what I was about to say. It was like, yeah. you could still, but that's also at least like another thing we should probably, we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but do you think if you're Bomo, would you rely, even though there, there's not a ton of experience? Because I, I brought up earlier with the Granky pitching so many times at, at Dodger Stadium. Would you rely on certain players who have had that experience playing there? So like a Piscotti who played a bunch of games there when he was with the Cardinals 
Tommy Lestello playing a, good, a few series there when he was in her league or in, and when he was in the Cubs as well. What do you think he probably leans on those guys a little bit more because of the knowledge of playing there? I feel like that's like too. I feel like that's not impactful enough to really like make lineup decisions around. Like I think right now, especially with the playoffs, like what what's the thing that people want to say about the playoffs? It's like the hottest team that's going in the playoffs is always going to have the most success. So you have to use utilize that that um, frame of mind when you when you're thinking about like setting your batting order too. Like the hottest hitters are the ones you got to go with. You can't rely too heavily on the analytics and stuff like that and the matchups and and familiarity with the ballpark. I just think that that's not like I, I know it's not what like sabermetricians want to hear right now, like an, like an, analysts and a, analytics people, but um I would rather go with with the guys who've just been who've just been playing well and been hitting well. Um, yeah. Piscotti is not one of those guys whether he is familiar with that ballpark or not, you know. Yeah, that might be um um too much of Billy Ball coming yeah. in there where you're just like, oh, well, yeah. I never show that, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so another thing about we, we kind of – you hinted at it earlier, I think, but I don't know if it was early in the show or in the pod or in the pre-show. Game one's at 1 p.m. Uh, yeah. It's all Pacific Standard Time to California Time. That was pre-show. We didn't say it on the show, so we should okay. talk about that. Uh, game one's at 1 p.m. Game two's at 1.30 p.m. Game three is at 12.30 p.m. Game four, if necessary, is 12.30 as well. And game five is twelve thirty, if necessary. And also keep in mind, again, these are all at Dodger Stadium. Uh, these are will be five consecutive days in a row. So the first game will be tomorrow, uh, October. Well, you'll be listening to this the day of it is Monday, October fifth, through Friday, October 9th? October ninth. Yes, I had to think about yeah, the visual right. calendar in my head for a second. So, uh, long story short, he's <laughs> got screwed. Again, yeah. Again, again, and you, you you can guarantee Bob Melvin was not happy about it, and he said something. <laughs> and it's not okay. So this just doesn't it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. For the sake of so, and if you don't know already, the Yankees will be playing the Rays in San Diego. Of course, they're going to primetime game, which we should have expected that, which is not that big of a deal. It's more yeah. so that the Yankees and and Rays are playing at Petco in San Diego. If you haven't been to San Diego before, one, fantastic beer. But two, uh, True. the weather's perfect year-round, especially at Petco. They're right next to Mission Bay. They're right. The ocean is literally about um, 300 feet away from the stadium. So it's naturally pretty cool there for most of the time. Whereas Dodger Stadium, if you haven't been, is right in the heart of Los Angeles, on top of a hill, and it's been hot as shit lately. It's yeah. Nice. Today, I, this weekend, I was fucking dying, dude. I can't, I'm so, so even I on the west side, a, even on the even on the west side, it was hot as shit. And the thing, well, and also another very quick little LA tangent. If you're living on the west side, you're close to the beach. You're probably not gonna have AC. Are you gonna have yeah. AC in your place? I don't have AC, and my new place does not have AC. Because you can't, you won't see this if you're listening to it. But because you live by the ocean, you don't. Need no, it. I mean the ocean breeze is normally like it suffices. Like, but when there's a heat wave, like no one's escaping the heat wave. Yeah, like, nobody is. No, exactly, exactly. But it's like it, the game times. Obviously, it's pending to change. Game one, uh, 
around the time the game would start will be about 91. Game 2 will be about 87. Game 3 is 80, 82. So it's dying down. But if you... That's still fucking hot. No, exactly. So it, with, with sports, when you're on the actual field, the temperature naturally jumps up because of how isolated everything's going to be in there. So mm-hmm. they, why would you fuck them over? Like, yeah. and why if you knew you were going to have these late prime games or whatever, why not just make them play in San Diego where we know it's going to be cooler and make mm-hmm. the Yankees play Yankees Rays play at Dodger stadium during the prime time of, of 4 PM P, uh, 4 PM Pacific. Cause in San Diego, uh, tomorrow's going to be kind of hot in San Diego too though. Uh, 87, 84, 78. The thing is, it, it's it's the it's the demographic that they know that they're gonna get, which each which each, with each audience, they know that the Yankees Rays audience is gonna be, not, it's it's gonna be a little bit older, so they need to wait for people to either get off work or whatever their situation is like, and they want they want to get both the East Coast audience and the West Coast audience. For the A's um, and the Astros, I mean. The Astros are going to get viewers no matter what because everybody's rooting against them. So it doesn't matter what time they play. And for the A's, their demographic is 18 to 35. What do 18 to 35 year olds know how to do? Use technology. They know how to. They can watch the game while at work. They can. They'll stream it. They'll. They'll find a way. They. They. They are technologically sound to where they're going to watch that game no matter what the time is. So that's really what it is. It's. 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 It's the Astros are going to get viewership no matter what. And the A's are going to get their young viewers, no matter what, because young viewers know how to find a way to watch the game. It's really all it is. What I don't understand is uh, why the rush to just plow through these this division yeah. series for for both leagues. Like, why not give a a day break in between or or something? I think especially... they don't want to. I don't think they want to go up against football. But like, what? What? It's like Thursday night football has been trash for most of the part except for um ratings are still really good though man yeah exactly so and then tomorrow you have a double header of monday night mm-hmm. football um and then the nba finals is happening right now which i don't know how do you know how the viewership is for that by the way it's been it hasn't been good man it's mm. been uh, it's been the lowest viewership in since like i think 2004 or something like that when the the pistons were playing or maybe 2005 uh, yeah i think it was 2005 when it was the pistons spurs um great finals yeah it's too. not it's not good that was a great that was a great finals but uh it's it's not it hasn't been good i just yeah i, I think that they didn't want to do weekend games because they don't want to go up against college football and 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 uh and nfl football like those two days are owned by those two leagues and their fans are hardcore everybody knows how hardcore nfl fans are i mean it's just it, they wanted to get it done during the week so they don't have to they don't have to compete too much you know yeah it, it's it still seems that's the only thing I could think of, at least. Yeah, no, and, and honestly, they probably have their reasons on why they put selected these times and why they made them play where they're playing. It just seems irresponsible, and it just seems like a slap in the face to not just the A's, where we're really used to this kind of shit, to be honest. Yeah. But like the Astros, where yeah, okay, we're gonna dump on them because yeah, they cheated and they won a World Series, but like they're still like, kind of one of the with an asterisk a marquee franchise and they're kind of yeah giving them the but at the same time we can also make that same argument for the braves who the braves are going to be playing all day games against the marlins and it's yeah it just seems like kind of a, a messy dilemma and 
I don't know who's in charge of scheduling all this. I don't know who's in charge of putting which teams where, but they, this seems like they dropped the ball a little bit. Um, and just so for the listeners know, obviously Julio gave you the start times, but all those games are going to be on TBS this week. Um, I'm trying to look up who the specific broadcasters are, but I can't find it. Did you say it was Ron Darling the other day? Well, I mean, the number one team for TBS is is uh, Brian Anderson and Ron Darling. Um, I just don't know if those guys are going to be on our broadcast, but it's not that big a deal. Just maybe people want to know since they had to deal with the shit show of the last round. Um, Do you think we'd get um, Ernie Johnson? I don't know because uh, yeah, actually we might because oh, uh, we get so pumped if it's Ernie Johnson. Yeah, it might be Ernie Johnson and Cal Ripken Jr. because basketball is done for TNT, so it might be. Um, it, I don't know if they still do like uh, virtual stuff or like stuff during the finals, but oh, that'd be perfect if it's Ernie. I know he's. I've seen a couple of games or basketball baseball games that he calls. And he's great. Yeah. Um, I mean, normally he's the other team. No, it's he's the other broadcast team. It's him and Cal Ripken. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm looking. I'm trying to look it up now, but I don't think that MLB has made a post about it or anything like that. But that would be fucking tight. It'd be fucking tight. I think the best <laughs> um, thing we can say for the listeners though is you probably don't have to do what I did, which was mute the TV and put on the radio. Yeah, TBS has good crews, so uh, you'll you'll get quality broadcast, and you won't hear hating on the A's. In fact, you might hear the other way around. I think just everybody just wants the A's to beat the Astros. So the whole, I think, I, uh, the whole yeah. country, maybe the whole globe, besides Astro fans, want the A's to win. That's another thing. See, see that that that's that's another reason why you can put them in any time slot slot, and they'll get it because the Astros, everybody hates them, so everybody's gonna watch. So no matter what, they're gonna get viewership. So I don't know. I mean, that's, that's just the way I see it. Um, okay, cool. Should, should we talk about our our uh, our American League or our, our our wild card series picks and how bad we did, Julio? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I got him in front of us. Um, <clears throat> the numbers are, uh, well, well, let's walk through these. All right, so let's walk through the national. Yeah, just break just break it down and then and then we'll we'll it's pretty bad, folks. It's pretty bad. We did not do it. I'm going to do this like Maury like child reveals. Chris and Julio, Dodgers versus Brewers. You both picked the Dodgers in two. That was correct. Nice. Take that. Braves versus Reds. Julio took Reds in 3. Braves took or Chris took Braves in three. Julio was incorrect for the game. Chris was incorrect for the the number of games. It was Braves in two. <sighs> Cubs versus Marlins. We both said Cubs in two. What we should have known is when the Marlins are in the postseason, they don't lose. They never lose. Marlins one and two. And then last for the NL, we had the Padres versus the Cardinals. Uh, I had the Padres in three. Chris had the <laughs> Cardinals in three. And what do we have here? I'll take the win. Padres in three. American League. Oh, but actually, before I jump to the American League, any anything you want to talk about with the National League? Marlins. Holy crap! I I cannot believe the Marlins pulled us off, and like they made us look so stupid. Um, you and you called it out too when we were making the picks. Like, what you don't think that the Marlins? Uh, just side note: every time the Marlins have made the playoffs, they've won a World Series. And I just kind of like brushed it aside, but they made the Cubs look stupid. 
They made him look bad. They beat him in two games. Like that was a good. That's a good Cubs team that was third seed. I mean, like that. Mm-hmm. Like that's uh, pretty shocking. And they lost Starling Marte in the middle of the series. You lost arguably your best player. So like, no, yeah. he played game I mean, two. He played game two with the busted up, uh, broken bone in his hand still. Didn't he come out game two? He may he may have, but he yeah. still came back in. I actually won money <clears throat> off of game two because I, I yeah I saw Sixto Sanchez was pitching. And Sixto yeah. was, was one of the top prospects that came over in the JT Romuto deal, mm. and I was like, yeah, I think he's gonna. And even as great as you Darvish has been, I was like, I have a feeling Marlins are gonna pull it off, and they did. And now so yeah, good for them, man. Good for them. They're gonna be playing the. There's also another interesting tidbit. Uh, every team is playing a division rival. I think that's ever happened yeah. before. So they and don't... another another tidbit. None of the central divisions made it past the first round. They all Ooh. got knocked out. Um, yeah. So it's AL West versus AL West, AL East versus AL East, NL West versus NL West, and NL East versus NL East. Pretty fucking cool. Shout out to the Pittsburgh Pirates for not losing in the playoffs when the rest of their division did. <laughs> So that He's was such that. A dick. <laughs> so uh, the Dodgers are going to be playing. So all both NL series games are going to be starting on Tuesday. Uh, Dodgers will be playing the Padres, which probably actually all these series are going to be pretty great. And yeah. then the Braves are playing the Marlins. Yeah. Now let's go ahead and move on. We've got the National American League: Rays versus Jays. Julio picked Rays in three. Chris picked Rays in two. Uh, we are both right with the Rays, but I picked them in three games. So I was wrong there. Uh, A's White Sox, our dudes. We both picked A's in three. Ding, ding. Ride the money. In the most stressful game three of my oh, life. God. Lost once every years off my life. Twins Astros. Well, Oof. We, we both picked the Twins in two. And, uh. Yeah, that didn't help. Uh, they're like I said earlier. They're in the previous show. They probably built Target Field on a cursed site. Yeah, and, uh, thing I can think of. An- another surprise was uh, Indians Yankees. I picked Indians in two. Uh, Chris picked Indians in three. We I'm were... so upset myself with this one because I picked the Yankees and then you convinced me out of it, and I fucking picked the Indians last minute. Uh, yeah, Shane Bieber kind of got lit up. Uh, yeah, man. It, Carlos Carrasco got lit up. The Yankees. What we should have realized was like Mashihiro Tanaka goes from like a, a solid pitcher in the regular season, and then all of a sudden becomes like a Cy Young candidate in the postseason. Like its career ERA was something below two in the postseason. So should have known better. How do we want to interpret this? Is it just that the 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 Central divisions just aren't that good, and they just beat up on each other? And and it it makes the teams at the top look better, but really like they're they're just shit. Like, and and maybe the like like I'm like remember like we talked about this a little bit the last podcast, but like you know it, halfway through the year we were kind of like looking at the records and seeing like how good the Central was playing and how good the East was playing, and like it was pretty much just the A's playing well in the West, and we're like the AL West is but just must be the worst division in baseball, but or is it just that? Because the NL West is so good too, like we just all the good teams are just there. It's just a bunch of good teams, in both of those divisions, and you know, like I don't, I don't know how if I how to word this, but like, yeah, are is our division just like really good? Like, and, and well, the Central is just really bad. Like, I, I'm so confused by this. Well, 
the thing is like even though like okay who's the worst team on the ALS and the NL Central it's the it's the Pirates and who's who do they have there you got Josh Bell who was kind of whatever mm-hmm. this year Brian Reynolds is kind of had a disappointing second year um, that's their worst team who's the worst team in the AL West that we have to face the Angels the Rangers mm-hmm. oh the or Angels with yeah. Mike Trout Anthony Radone. Mm-hmm. so like. The fact that we have to face a team that has Mike Trout, even if they're not a great, good team pitching wise, we still have to pitch to Mike Trout a lot. So, who knows? like that, that that doesn't matter. Even though like baseball is a very team focus, your team is a lot better when you have Mike Trout on it. Do you do you think that? I mean, would do you have confidence? You know, fingers crossed, we get past the Astros. Do you have confidence on who, on how we do in? the next round against our opponent, knowing that after seeing the, the first round results and seeing that our division was a lot better than we thought, like, is, does that give you a little bit of confidence going into that series or no? Uh, no. Yeah. Honestly, them being the white Sox was pretty impressive in the first place. And I think that was a, a big yeah. enough confidence boost that not just the team, I think the fan base should have, uh, Astros, we know what they're going to be bringing. And I don't know yeah. if we're really going to talk too much about it because more or less they's dominated them. Uh, throughout the season obviously this isn't the same team as last year they're missing a lot of key guys with injuries this year but that White Sox series was probably enough to really instill confidence in the team that they can kind of go up against anybody yeah I mean we were seven and three against the Astros this year but eight of those games were at home but we're going into a pitcher's ballpark in Dodger Stadium so that's definitely helpful and also, none of the Astros hitters are impressive right now, except for Correa. Like, none of them. Like, I'm pretty yeah. confident. And we faced arguably, actually, all these everybody has like a pretty good offense that's still left. Yeah. But uh, the White Sox are arguably like the most lethal, at least one through five, in a lineup that offensively that you're going to be going against. No offense to the Yankees bombers out there, but Tim Anderson just was unstoppable. Mm. Um, Jose Abreu did work against the team. Um, we just got lucked out that Eloy wasn't hurt or was hurt. Yon uh, Makata kind of busted up a little bit. Uh, they should feel confident. This team, the way that the bullpen's built, the way that the rotation's built, how much flexibility you have in both, this, this is kind of a team that is meant to go long in a way, I guess. Yeah. Uh, do you want to make a prediction? We want to wrap up with making a prediction on on the series. Uh, definitely. Let's say let's make a prediction, and if there's any key players, I, I guess we could, would you be down to bring back the essential tool of the week for this one? Yeah, why yeah, not? let's do, let's do it. Um, yeah. Uh, one last little tidbit I thought's pretty funny. Uh, the teams are going to be sharing the same hotel. Yeah. So I hope, uh, like Mark Canna or like Liam is just like door uh door bell ditching like alex bregman or something do you know what hotel it is i'm kind of curious <sighs> i bet you probably we, somewhere downtown since like echo park's right there right by downtown i bet you if we we could probably do enough research and look around because we actually um uh one of my buddies shout nick million because when this concept first came out that there's going to be a playoff bubble that he just looked it up, and a bunch of hotels around 
the gas lamp in San Diego and around downtown LA were selling out because they were preparing for it. Hmm. I'd say the Omni. Interesting. Omni downtown LA. Or maybe the Ritz, but I don't think baseball would be willing to pay for teams to play at, stay at the Ritz. No, probably not. If it was in Anaheim, I, I know it would be at the Doubletree because they only stay there. But uh, Interesting. So, prediction. Right, your central tool? Yeah, my, so essential central tool. tool first. Essential tool first. Yeah. Essential tool first. Uh, I'm going to go Chris Davis. He had a pretty – he looked like the bat was coming back alive a little bit in game two. Uh, it sounds like they're going to be relying on him a lot throughout this series as well. There's – Slusser's already put out an article. He's probably going to be like the most important bat because if he can somehow figure out what's been going on with them and he can make some good contact, then it's, it's going to be huge, especially even though – Dodger Stadium is a the pitcher stadium. I'd imagine balls are going to be flying all over the place because of how hot it is during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got a last time he actually hit there before the series this year was in 2018 when we had a three game series against the Dodgers, two or three game series, and one of those games was like a 16 to six like schlocking by the A's, and he was a huge he had a huge game that day as well. Uh, I could see him like hitting 20 home runs now, <laughs> uh, but I could see him playing a pretty big part in it. And it's he's yeah from what it showed last week when he he's if he gets a dinger that's great, but he's starting to become a little bit more of a consistent like singles hitter as well. Uh, if he can be patient in the plate and not it's kind of like his kryptonite is going for like breaking balls out of the zone like to the opposite side, not necessarily in the dirt then I, I can see him like being a difference maker in this series. Definitely. Um, so I'm going to go with Marcus Simeon. And the big reason is because he looked so great last series on both sides of of the field. Um, and if he can get hot and be that star that he was last year and really like take over um, – you know the presence in, in in the batting order in this for this team like it it's a huge game changer like especially the one two punch at the top of the order with Listella and then him and then you got these patient hitters if just, those guys just got to get on and then hope hope that that um, guys like Canna can uh, can bring them in and uh, yeah I think that that's that's huge and it's going to be important and um, he's going to be my essential he's my essential tool of the week it's. I can't stress enough how important he is um, this week um, or this series and just moving forward. And hopefully he plays so well that Billy Bean signs him to a six-year contract. <laughs> right. Six-year extension. Now, before we uh, jump into our prediction of this series, uh, I'll say let's run through the other series. We don't have to get too in-depth yeah. who and how many games. Uh, we have the Braves-Marlins. Uh, these games are going to be taking place in Texas. Who do you have? Uh, Braves, Braves, and Bra- I, I would say Braves and four. Um, I think that the Marlins are good enough to to squeeze out um, one game, maybe even two. Maybe they'll get close in one another one. But I, I think the Braves are just too good, top to bottom, to lose this series. Um, and they're they're starting pitching. Remember, we were kind of worried about it in the preview podcast. It looked good, man. It looked good. Yeah, um, Max Fried was lights out on, on yeah. game one. Ian Anderson really stepped Ian it up. Ian Anderson, dude. So good, so good in that in that closing game. Like, 
for and he's a rookie too like a kid, a kid that that age just step it up in that game i mean wow it's it was impressive it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen when you get to the three four slot with him yeah I know cole hamels was able to make a couple starts at the end of the season but and if you have cole hamels you're going to put him in in the playoffs just because he's made a lot of his bread and butter throughout there mm. but i i'd agree if you had to say braves and four the offense just looked looks insane right now yeah uh, especially going to be playing in in texas where a couple of those stadiums have the balls flying out would be interesting uh, yeah. For the other NL team, this is going to be a really tough decision. It's going to be Dodgers-Padres. Oh, this one is taking place in Houston. Uh, still no word uh, what's the official um, status of Denison Lamette and Mike Clevenger. So that's probably going to affect yeah. the decision a little bit. Well, uh, For me, I mean, that Padres team is fun to watch, and this is going to be the most fun series of this round, and I'm going to pay close attention but the Dodgers are just they're just too good man the Dodgers are too fucking good they're too stacked they have too much depth their pitching is too good I mean their bullpen is great too I mean like they their star power like yeah I mean the Padres have a lot of pop Fernando Tatis is awesome he's gonna be a huge star in this league but Mookie he's not better than Mookie Betts yet <laughs> and he's not better than Cody Bellinger yet and they got those guys. They got Max Muncie. Chris Taylor's had a really good first series. Justin Turner. I mean, like the, it goes on and on. That team is just so fucking stacked. I just, I, I think Dodgers in five. Dodgers in five. It's going to be extended for sure, it, and it's going to be a fun series to watch. It's funny that like you're saying a lot of these guys and like, oh, they have this. Well, the the Padres have the part, the part, the point where you can say the same thing about them. Got Tatis is going to be an MVP candidate. It's going to be a finalist. Anna Machado should be an MVP candidate. Will Myers is friggin' in bombs all over the place. Eric Hosmer has been great. Uh, but I, none of those names are, are like really bounce off the page more than the, the other guys I just named. Well, well, for sure, the Mookie and Cody argument. But like once you get past that, well, also Corey Seager. Seager. Uh, Justin Turner's had a very good five-year stretch. Max Muncie just hits homers like nobody's business. Except for my fantasy team. <laughs> yet below 200 for the season. Uh, I really want to pick the Padres, but if Clevenger and Lamette are not there, I, I don't I don't think they're going to do it. I'm going to stick with you. Yeah. I think I'm going to go Padres in five. Or, uh, sorry, Dodgers in five. Yeah. Sweet. Now let's head over to the junior circuit, the American League. Uh, junior circuit. Yeah, well, they call, they call the what's the NL like the senior circuit because boomers, uh, <laughs> boomers, enemies of the show since July twenty. Since day one. Right. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about the Rays Yankees. Speaking of boomers, uh, this is going to be taking place at Pico Park in San Diego. I'm sure uh, some geezer Yankee fans aren't excited that. Their games are going to be at 7 p.m. But <laughs> for them, but whatever. Uh, this is going to be pretty even series. These teams hate each other, straight mm-hmm. up, which is always exciting. Uh, the Yankees, their starters really showed up. Eric Cole had a pretty good start in Game One. Uh, Tanaka did enough. It was kind of what the what we thought was going to be the strength of their team throughout the whole year, which was the bullpen was really what faltered. And they're not going to have the benefit of playing in a pitcher's a hitter's park 
like they did in Cleveland and as well as the rest of the season, Yankee Stadium. And the Rays are, if the Dodgers are like the most complete team, the Rays are probably second. Uh, I'm going to go yeah. with, yeah. for me, I think it's if it's going to be an even, even playing field, you're not going to be playing in a pitcher's park or anything like, or a hitter's park. I think this is going to be a Rays series to win. I think the Yankees will get at least one, but I'm going Rays in four. So uh, I think it was Ken Korak who said it on the broadcast the other day. Um, this uh, in the post game show broadcast, um, they should rename um, this um, American League Division Series for both uh, series, the ALCS, the American League Contentious Series, because both all f- both these matchups, there's a lot of bad blood. Yeah. A lot oh, yeah. of bad blood between the Rays and the Yankees and the A's and, and the Astros. Both teams do not like each other for many reasons that probably baseball fans listening to this already know. Um, so it's going to be – these are going to be the series to watch in terms of um, intensity because they are going to be – they're going to be intense. If Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just if, – if any player gets 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 – Beaned. I I would just I would be on alert and be ready to watch and see if something happens. Bench is cleared. Bench is cleared. Um, <clears throat> I don't know, man. It's so hard for me to go against like the star power that the Yankees have. I get it. The Rays are so good and they are such a complete team. And and I would be shocked. Would not be shocked at all if they win this series in a sweep or something. But you just can't count out that that big Yankees lineup. And I think that they can swing their way out of it. And I think they can win in, in five games. Um, but it's going to be a close series. It's and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's the first time we're going against each other. Yeah, and uh, be interesting when we record this when it's all over with next week or by the end of the week. All right, it's our boys. Our boys. Uh, we've already broke down. I don't think we really need to talk too much. Uh, we know where we're going to be going. Uh, what? Well, how many games? I think in four, dude, I th- and I think it's like an easy four. I think that we like, you know, we give up just kind of like a sloppy game to them, but then I think it's three just dominating wins where we win by like five runs. Um, I wouldn't even be surprised if it's a sweep. I don't know if I'd go as far as uh, plus five because look, they cheated. We know that they're not the same team. Their their pitchers are not there. They somehow still squeaked in and they somehow won a series so we know that there's still something there with them and as much as we want to downplay this team i think we should still be aware of like the potential of these bats yeah but we spanked that ass all fucking season yeah you know i know i know but uh and then like they were convincing wins every single time we beat them too like it wasn't like there wasn't too many close games we should probably i think if you want to play a good drinking game at home if you're just not doing anything during the middle of the day and you don't have work and decide or decide to take the week off of work so you can watch these games. Uh, you should probably drink every time they talk about Alex and Trump. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm in the That's same boat. I'm going to go A's and four. I think yeah. uh, these first two games are going to go to Oakland game three with Granky on the mound against Lozardo. I think that's going to be more of a pitcher's duel, but I can see them yeah. taking it overall. But then game four, I think they Mike Fires is going to come in. He's going to come in hot and and pissed off, and he's just going to just sling it at them. That would be the dopest narrative because mm-hmm. he didn't get a chance to pitch against them all season, if I remember. Yeah, right. yeah. 
if he finally gets to see them and it's in the playoffs and it's an elimination game and he's the one that sends them home. And it's like a super intense game. I could totally see him like wa- like striking someone out uh, um, with a third out, walking off the mound and talking back in the, into the into the dugout like, oh, you fucking, oh, yeah, you want to talk now? You want to talk now? Like I can totally see him doing that. Yeah. Oh, 1,000%. I think if, if Mike Fires eliminates the A's or eliminates the Astros in game four, I think baseball Twitter might blow up. 100%. It would, baseball Twitter would lose its mind that day. Well, this next week is going to be stressful. I, I, I think they're, so they're, they're going to do it. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't feel any real doubt. I think the only thing would be if Manaya just becomes a shell of what he was at the beginning of the season, and they just the bats forget to hit again. But I, I think they're filling on like cloud nine with this last series, and another advantage too, because the Astros finish in two games those bullpen arms that they're gonna to have to be relying on throughout the series since they're gonna be leaning on these rookies uh they haven't pitched in a while they didn't yeah. pitch that much in his first two games last week either and so i think that's gonna be a pretty good advantage you're gonna have some guys who are rusty just be patient at the plate that's kind of what makes these mm. offense great is just the resilience at the plate and be able to take some balls and work the count up that even if they end up lining out or striking out, productive outs are great if you can make it a 10-pitch at-bat. And here's another thing that um, that Ken Korak – or no, sorry, Chris Townsend brought this up in the in the dugout show at, at after Game 3. Um, we keep forgetting, I think, because of the looming narrative of the curse of never making out the first round and 0-9 and game-deciding uh, – series-deciding games. This team was is the number two seed – in the in in the American League, like this team was the second best team, if not the best team all season, and that should give you some confidence. And we keep forgetting that because of that, and because of how close the first round came. But um, yeah, I mean, a number two seed going against a a, a number six that was below five hundred to get into the playoffs. Like, yeah, I mean. Yeah, there second was actually, team all the second best team all season. Like we we should we I think we have the right to be a little bit confident, and, and we should were, walk walk in there with our shoulders up and 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 be like we're the bad we're the fucking you guys may have won your World Series a couple of years ago, but but one you cheated and two we were better than you this season. So be be prepared to be sent home, you know. And the first month this season, like the A's were the best team. Like it yeah. wasn't really a competition. And there's actually a, I sh- I think I shared the two. I can't remember, but there's a pretty interesting gif that was getting shared on the baseball subreddit community where it's just like an animation gif of like uh team's top eight standings or the american league top eight standings throughout the season and it's like it's pretty much the like a dot race where yeah days were there the whole time they're like that mm-hmm. like up and down between one two and three but they were mm-hmm. there the whole time whereas the, the baltimore wasn't first at one point the white yeah, yeah, first. Yeah. Yeah. they've been the most consistent thing and i think that's this is, you know, this is actually turned into an ace ther- ace fan therapy session. It really is. It really is. Ace fans, we're stressed. We've been through a mm-hmm. lot. It hasn't been fun, majority of this last decade. But guess what? Even with how shitty the season ended and how much that's been stuck with the head, the A's were still a really damn good team. And mm-hmm. even if Matt Olson goes 
0 for 10 with 10 strikeouts, (laughs) which is my worst fear, they're still a pretty damn good team. It's stuff that you don't really, unless you're really picking up on where it's like working the count and bullpens really just being extremely efficient, where it's a kind of the dumb things or an annoying things about baseball that nobody pays attention to unless you're like weird, like numbers people. Mm -hmm. They're still a really damn good team and you should feel confident with them. And they proved it last round when only one of their stars, Simeon, was one of the guys contributing or contributing um, uh, in these big moments and putting runs on the board. It was all these other guys, all these guys that people call role players that were the ones like making the big hits when they need them. Chad Pinder, um, Tommy LaStella, uh, Sean Murphy, you know, like the guys that, you, you know, you don't see on on the on the posters and stuff like that. And yeah, I mean, Chris Towns, Towns said it best. Like we're not the little brother who got picked on anymore. We're the big brother going in the series and we're getting ready to pick on the little brother. Like, so we can have some confidence for sure. Yeah. So Ace fans, you know what? Get excited. Let's kick the shit out of the Astros and let's go to the American league championship for the first time since 2006. We're not going to talk yeah. about we're not gonna talk about what happened during that series, but <laughs> let's go ahead and make it there, baby. All right, so I think that's going to do it for this special episode of um, the Town Tailgate Podcast. Um, a the Astros Revenge Tour, we're coming for you, baby, um, and we're going to be the ones who are going to disappoint. All right, Julio, I think we'll call it a day, and then uh, we'll pick back up next week after this series, and hopefully it'll be a good another celebration podcast and not a uh, a depressing, bummed out one. Yeah, maybe we'll go and sneak out of work during the middle of the day and meet up at a legion park and watch it with some binoculars that would actually would be hella funny um all right last but not least let's go oakland to the american league championship series let's go baby Woo! the town tailgate is an independently produced podcast it is written and executive produced by this guy, Chris Madrigal, <laughs> and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by, once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go Oakland.